We talk Harry Potter houses with the same authority with which we discuss recruits. A mascot Thunderdome is brewing. A very special guest stops in to help with your Twitter questions. And goddammit, believe survivors, support survivors. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who once asked, why buy boxer briefs when child-sized boxers are available? Kevin Greck. Greck, how you doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfectly valuable, valuable, uh, you know. Valid? Valid question. Valid question. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a single reason why you would need more than children's boxers. Do you, Michael Jones? Give me one good reason. Uh, Forewarning to uh, the viewing audience uh, or listening audience, uh, we may have pre-recorded a portion of this podcast. It went long, and now we're doing the beginning, and we're a a few beers deep and a little slap happy. So stick with us. Uh, Of course, thanks, as always, for listening. If we could ask a favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Heck, share it with Wolverines if they want to do a little hate listening. We'll take the listens. Yep. Uh, give us a they follow on the, the old same. Twitter machine. Yeah, uh, at Sp- they sure do. Uh, indeed, our sponsors are mostly Ann Arbor based. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. And please, if you could rate, review and subscribe to the show on whatever your podcast platform is, we would be very grateful. Uh, that review thing apparently really matters that you type something in there. Um, someone once typed that they used us to test their headphones and that they work. Good that also, out. that's uh, also a listen that, uh, that spends the same. So it's perfect. It we'll take all of them. Sure does. Speaking of spending the same, we want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fraser's pub. He's located in Ann Arbor, Michigan on Packard street. One of the best sports bars that you'll find actually not one of it's the best sports bar you will find in Ann Arbor. Uh, And thankfully, even though we're all social distancing, we're all doing our part. uh, They are open for takeout daily from 12 PM to 8 PM. If you could call ahead or use Uber eats to place an order, uh, pay over the phone or through the app, you can get their great menu and pick up some bottled beer to go. So uh, we would genuinely, you know, we would always like it if you went to Fraser's pub, but, it is a, um, you know, uh, it's a time to support local businesses, and they're a good one who employ, uh, you know, great people. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the plug. And with that, uh, Kevin, we have a bit of an interesting show this week because we have a guest coming on later. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what I said before, so I'll just say it now. The one, the only, Tara Stafford. Stafford? God, talking. Not great today. Um, who will be helping out with, yeah, leave it all in. Uh, (laughs) She will be uh, helping assort the big 10 schools into Harry Potter houses and answering your Twitter questions and will be the guest judge for our brand new Twitter questions, power rankings. (laughs) Very exciting. If she wants to be, that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. Yeah. Well, we'll see what notes she gives. (laughs) Lovely. Um, So what is, what is the format here for the show? Michael Jones? Yeah. So uh, first section is going to be, as always, the green wall where we cover the headlines surrounding MSU sports from the prior week. We will then hear from 
are one and only not a sponsor this week before heading off Grand River to talk about some of the headlines going on in college sports around the nation. Uh, then we will get to your Twitter questions and uh, sorting hat uh, shenanigans with the Big Ten houses and Harry Potter. So, or Big Ten colleges mm-hmm. and Harry Potter. So, uh, with that, let's uh, let's take it to a serious note first and and head behind the green wall here um, as we turn to some disturbing allegations from this uh, that that were levied in a lawsuit this past week. Um, A former sprinter for the Michigan State uh, men's and women's track and field team uh, alleges that she was assaulted by a fellow member of the team Mm -hmm. and that upon reporting that assault, uh, she was told that no one will like her if she goes public with it. And indeed, after allegedly... um, essentially being told to quit her claim uh, dropped charges uh, against the, the, the other member of the team who was not suspended and rather was not suspended until he assaulted somebody else. Uh, Ultimately that sprinter left MSU because um, she was told that in order to not have to practice with the person who assaulted her, she would have to take up long distance running instead of sprinting. So It is a rough way to start a show. There's no way around it. I mean, we came in with some energy, but it, we would not be doing the podcast that we believe in if we didn't talk about this stuff. Indeed. So, uh, well, her name is Emma Rodell. She's gone public. Her story is worth reading up on. Uh, it's posted at all the various uh, Mid Michigan and, and Michigan um, uh, news sites. Uh, she's actually party to two lawsuits: one against MSU directly, and another. Uh, where she has joined other litigants against the NCAA. So as a former lawyer, we might have to look at that at some point. As far as I'm sure. aware, this is the first time that um, that they've tried to sue the NCAA directly. Um, I'm not aware of another such case. Um, but yeah, it's another very disturbing um allegation or incident or however you want to characterize it uh, happening on campus, resulting, unfortunately, in a Spartan feeling that she needs to transfer away from school. So um, very serious allegation. Uh, As far as I'm aware, technically, I believe the track coach that she told did do what she was technically supposed to do, but also did say, as you pointed out, that she wouldn't be liked if she pursued these allegations. I think there was a um, comment also about her being pretty. And a um, distraction. Um, yeah. There's also allegations that male sprinters went to her dorm room to try to uh, dissuade her from uh, filing a report. Uh, which is also very concerning. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this as we go along. But certainly, as you said at the top, you know, these types of incidents cannot be tolerated at all. No, and and I think it goes to show that uh, your your reporting requirements are the beginning of your humanity. Mm -hmm. They are not the end of it. And that 
merely checking a box that you were supposed to check, which sure is is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't end you being a a, a role model, a good person, uh, potentially a, a lawful person, and and so you know if the the alleged um, comments are true they're beyond disturbing they're beyond the pale they're unacceptable and um as we said at the top uh believe survivors and support survivors and um just because you go to the title nine office doesn't make you a supporter of survivors so um so yeah we'll keep an eye on it and we will keep you posted it is not a fun story to follow um but it is important that we all um, as Spartans, do our part to stay abreast of this news and do what's right to support the community um, and improve it to be a better place. So with that, we will turn to uh, a little bit lighter news and talk some basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, the news here is about Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman. Uh, Jeff Goodman from Stadium Sports did a an anonymous survey um, of the NBA executives on all of the early entrants to the draft, which obviously Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman would be among included in that. Yep. Yep. And, uh, it, it seems like the consensus from the NBA is that Aaron Henry should probably stay in school another year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tillman is a bit of a mixed bag. Um, some, which is not a surprise. I, I think what were our expectations? Basically late first round, early second round, that might even be optimistic. Is that what we were looking at? Yeah. The the one thing that stood out to me is that, uh, you know, one executive commenting that he would never be more than just a good college player mm. as in that there was no home for him in the league. And that was just mildly, I, I don't want to say alarming to me because to your point earlier, when we were talking, it only takes one, but I'm just shocked that the league collectively knowing that they kind of biffed on Draymond. The idea that people didn't learn a lesson from that. Yeah. But uh, to me. Tillman and Draymond have different games, very yeah. different games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tillman, Tillman can do a lot of really great things that will find him a place in the league for a long time. Tim so, Tillman has good post moves and he's got a motor great defense. He has a lot of good things. Good defense. Uh, Draymond saw the floor. Draymond had an outside shot that Tillman doesn't have. Um, they're different players. So I, I'm not surprised uh, that, you know, GMs and scouts aren't making that, that comparison personally, but you know, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, he he will find a place in the league at some point in time. Um, whether it's this year or next year, it remains to be seen. But I, I guess my point is that I think he's someone you don't sleep on. And I think Tillman's got a great game, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does find a spot in the NBA. But there's a lot of really good players out there, and the NBA is hard to get into and his skill set does not entirely mirror what the NBA is moving towards and trying to accomplish with its big men. So I think there are elements 
that are going to be difficult for Tillman um, because the NBA does, especially in the draft, so overvalue potential rather than, you know, what is provided to you, you know, what is already there. I just can't Um, believe you would be negging known listener Xavier Tillman right now to try and get him to come back to MSU. I'm just Just trying to set the realistic expectations for Xavier and his family. So that's where we're at. Um, And with that, folks, believe it or not, uh, we have kept our news segment for MSU-related stuff pretty tight. Uh, (laughs) Because finally, no sports catching up with us. Um, we do recognize that there, uh, have been a couple commits, um, one in basketball and one in at least one in football that we are not chatting about, but there's going to be plenty of time particularly on basketball. I mean, that's like yeah. two years away. We can break down that Pierre Brooks film. We can do the whole Pierre Brooks AAU circuit, uh, and, you know, commentate all of his games, uh, yeah. at some point later this year. <laughs> there's plenty of time this summer. Uh, but with that, we have to hear from. Our first and only not a sponsor this week. Kevin, who's decided not to sponsor us this week? Well, this is a recurring kind of not a sponsor. We we get not a sponsored by them a lot. Um, Either explicitly or through tangential businesses. Yes. Uh, but we're excited to have them all the same or to not have them rather. So this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by the University of Louisville, who would like to say notice of allegations Schmodus of schmalligations. We're going to do our own basketball at Yum Arena. Yum Brands will give us fast food workers to dunk on for 40 minutes. <laughs> and, the, and you know what? The good people of Louisville will take their seats and watch because what else are they going to do? <laughs> oh, ouch. They're, they're all playing basketball against us. <laughs> so come on down to Kentucky by the river and watch not a college basketball as we not a sponsor can't read, can't write and uh, tear up the NCAA's notice of allegations and send it back uh, to Mark Emmerich up the, up the river. Do you think they could like send it back up the river to Indianapolis? Does the, I, does the river run through? I, I don't think it runs that direction. Um, That's a bummer. And uh, I mean, they may be playing college basketball. They're just not playing amateur basketball. So <laughs> I like that they're going to get hammered uh, for conduct surrounding players that never actually played a minute for Louisville. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like uh, what's his face from Memphis. Um, who was there all of like 10 seconds before, you know what? I can just go to the G league. It's fine. Oh uh, yeah. This year. Um, yeah. Yeah. With the, with the NCAA, yeah, the Hardaway moving his in petition. there. Yeah. 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 Mr. Mr. Hardaway's had a rough go uh, as we're about to. Well, uh, we don't have it on the agenda, but someday we've got to talk about this whole G League college basketball situation that has not affected MSU, but is impacting some of the uh, higher echelon recruiting programs. So you that'll know be interesting. Next week, let's toss it on the outline. Yeah, um, we'll talk G League next week. But with that, let's head off Grand River. And <laughs> speaking of the NCAA, um, they came out with uh, a lot of uh, new policies this week. Um, yeah. The one that everyone seemed to think was going to happen that it seems is not happening is the uh, allowing players a one-time transfer 
no sitting out, freely be able to move. And I don't, I don't particularly care. I, I care about the inequity between sports. Like that's mm-hmm. not okay. I, but like whatever the rule is going to be, the rule is going to be. I, I think the one time without any conditions on it makes it so that there's not so much secrecy. But if they want to do, you know, sit out a year with an ex- with exceptions and did a better job of saying those exceptions, I'm I'm fine with that too. But what's weird to me is that they blamed not passing the rule on COVID nineteen. Yeah, that like now isn't the time to let players move around. What? <laughs> They need to be sheltering in place <laughs> at home. Like, they don't need to be out there with, you know, strangers at schools they don't know. Changing schools around so the Rona. Where we say you can't practice anyway. Like, I, I just, this one they biffed on to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, they I, did. I, it, it wouldn't be the NCAA without screwing something up. Um, but. Uh, they did, uh, they did pass some name, image and likeness legislation, yeah, which will let players start being compensated, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that certain programs got right in on it, like didn't waste a moment, (laughs) um, uh, talking about TV markets and sizes of, uh, of, uh, you know, alumni associations and things like that. So, uh, it's it's going to be a brand new world in the NCAA. It's going to happen. Um, I'll be interested to see how conferences respond to this. Um, I, I mean, this is the thing that you can speculate wildly on, uh, as we have here on the podcast, several episodes, uh, for weeks. And you know, I don't know that it's, it's worth us sort of belaboring the point. Obviously people have questions about them in the future. Though I feel like we've gamified our questions to the point where people don't ask serious ones anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, yeah, I mean, certainly we've talked enough about it. it. I am, I actually am weirdly encouraged for some of the non-revenue sports, though, I will say. Thinking it over, there are probably real opportunities for some of the athletes in those sports to, you know, run camps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking the, the folks who play golf at big 10 universities probably can spend a summer at the, you know, being pretty much a, a pro at the, at the clubhouse in, in sure. wherever they're from and make money on it. So, um, and look, it's, this isn't world breaking money, but for a college student, it, it's not bad money. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, Um, and I'm glad that we, you know, talked about it and speculated about it uh, and spent a ton of time on it. And now that it's happened, you know, we cover it in five minutes. It's a lot like have you ever did you watch Downton Abbey? I did not. Downton Abbey had this great thing where they would talk about events for episodes, upcoming events, like take, for example, like Lady Mary's wedding. Like they set up Lady Mary's wedding and there was this whole like, will they, won't they, you know, like story that went on this whole arc. And then Lady Mary's wedding happened and it happened like four minutes of screen time. And then they just moved on. And that was that. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that's what we just did with the name image likeness debate. Well, I mean, we've been saying for a while it needed to be done. 
it's been done. Yep. Perfect. It's good. Um, let's chat though about somewhere that the NCAA chose to do something that is good, but not great. And that centers around, um, what I believe what USA today has dubbed the predator pipeline. Mm -hmm. And that is to say preventing or attempting to prevent student athletes who have been accused of or found guilty of, uh, sexual assaults from hopping from one university to another. And the gist is that there have been vocal advocates who have said, um, Sports is a privilege and not a right, just right. true. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> here's an idea. If you sexually assault somebody, you don't get to play sports anymore. And the NCAA said, that's interesting. How about instead we just make universities keep track of it and tell all the other universities? <clears throat> it's not great. Um, for a number of reasons. One is it, I, I think fairly doesn't go far enough, or at least there's a, a fair argument to be had that it doesn't go far. enough. Yes. I mean, there are, you start getting into, and it's, it's not a conversation we want to have here. And it's a bit of an uncomfortable conversation about grading different kinds of conduct mm -hmm. and, and what's, what's okay and what's not okay. And, and so it, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, um, we just spent all that time talking about him, the walk on from MSU. Oh yeah. Uh, I've removed him from my brain, but I know who you're talking about. Um, not great guy from MSU who was a walk. -on. Yeah. Not my favorite. Could have gone without that. Brock Washington. Um, yes. Brock Washington. Thank you. Who's, you know, who's first, um, incident was pled down to just a simple assault. Mm -hmm. Um, so it wasn't technically sexual in nature though, based on what we now know, we have more information. Definitely that. was sexual in nature. Yep. Um, but so, you know, does he, does he potentially get through the system? Um, so anyway, there, there's an uncomfortable conversation to be had about grading different kinds of bad conduct. Uh, one of the, the issues though, with, in addition to not maybe going far enough that the NCAA has found is that because it is something that they're making the universities do, the universities being state actors are going to face lawsuits as a result mm. of this. And whereas if the NCAA had just done it, they would be re them not being a state actor, just a, uh, you know, a, a collective, they are not subject to those same state actor laws yeah. um and even though the state actor thing is a, a weak argument that doesn't really win it is still a ground certainly for bringing a lawsuit that doesn't yeah. exist if the ncaa took took some bravery took a stand i wouldn't be surprised at all if this changes i'm guessing member institutions are probably going to want this to change yeah. Take a look at what happened with the keith mumphrey situation sure msu ended up paying settlements to both parties in that situation and a larger settlement to Keith Mumphrey. So, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is so disgusting. Well, it's a function of the law. He had higher earning potential than 
the alleged victim in the case and yep. uh, sorry, the survivor, uh, pardon me. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was the outcome of the, of the whole ordeal. So uh, universities don't want to be a part of this. And uh, we acknowledge on this podcast that MSU has very much struggled with its procedures, but it is a difficult situation. I think we can also acknowledge to put universities in um, where there's, you know, very real repercussions and uh, a different standard um, than the, you know, the traditional law system. So, yeah, you um, know, and, it, and it's it reminds me of in the NFL, the owners created the office of the commissioner so that the owners didn't have to be the bad people. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is an imperfect analogy because I'm not suggesting that member universities doing the right thing makes them bad people. But like doling out suspensions, for instance, owners yeah. could say, not my fault. It The NCAA here has the ability to serve a similar function. And 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 it's it's a clever bit of sort of legal judo and sort of having a someone that people can be angry at but like can't really do anything to and the NCAA finds ways to make people angry at them for all the wrong reasons <laughs> and i just i i can't it, it sometimes their incompetence is alarming I don't know what to say about it beyond that. You should uh, put in an application down there. Go hang out with Mark Emmert. Help yeah. him out. Help our help our friend Mark. Do we want to talk about more sexual assault? <laughs> sure. Um, let's yeah. Let's chat about uh, the University of Michigan. Obviously, we've we've talked about Dr. Anderson and the the allegations that he had sexually assaulted. Um, who knows how many um, athletes at the university of Michigan, I, I, mm-hmm. the, the early, the early numbers are just starting to come out, but um, many of those former athletes had sued the university of Michigan for those sexual assaults. And U of M had, has sought to dismiss those, um, those survivors claims for lack of standing due to the statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. Greg, what do you see here and and do you see parallels to um to what MSU went through well yeah uh there are more and more parallels to what MSU went through and MSU's approach to the the Larry Nassar scandal uh emerging all the time there were allegations from some of the survivors on the Anderson side of things that uh former I think it was team, um, uh, not, not a team doctor, but, you know, someone else in the, in the medical staff that was aware of it and making a light of the situation is still involved with the athletic department, uh, and has, I think an associate athletic director title now. Um, and you'll recall MSU made overtures in the media about how it was attempting to reconcile uh, financial liability directly with survivors while at the same time, uh, trying to dismiss cases, uh, for a variety of reasons. So all of those same things are happening. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, 
I think we can acknowledge that MSU made some very substantial PR mistakes um, that U of M is not making, but the the crux of a lot of this is the extraordinarily strategy. the strategy that what's happening. There isn't a strample situation at sure. Michigan yet, um, unless you want to count the the uh, provost that they fired. Um, but that is entirely separate from the Dr. Anderson thing in a way that the strample situation was not. But um, I mean, do we want to acknowledge that uh, MSU fans are kind of upset that U of M seems to be getting away with this and the press? Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I will say it, it's it's pretty messed up that U of M is like, yeah, we'll compensate you financially. We just don't want there to be any real legal obligation for us mm-hmm. to compensate you financially. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, it it does feel like there's as not as much coverage. And and MSU fans are, are pretty upset. I know members of the MSU sort of media sphere have said, look, for the most part, it took a long time for most of the press to catch up on the Nasser coverage. That was um, what I was going to point out. So yeah. MSU largely was getting away with, so to speak, the Nasser thing. They were not, if you, if you, Think back before the victim Im- impact statements. Larry Nasser was generally known as like Olympic Doctor Larry Nasser, or you know something more Olympic or gymnastics focused rather than MSU focused. It was those victim impact statements that really blew the lid off of uh, everything in the local media and had you know the faculty senate then voted on its you know. Um, vote of no confidence in the board of trustees and the administration, um, which we could talk about some other time. Uh, this podcast wasn't recording then. Um, <laughs> those would have been yeah. some long episodes. Um, but until the, what I've learned in seeing the M- the MSU Nasser situation and seeing the Flint water situation and seeing the Detroit school situation, which are all, and now seeing the Dr. Anderson situation all happening in Michigan, which are all human tragedies and very, very shameful episodes in the state's history. It, it has been interesting to me to watch what it takes for people to start paying attention to something. And then also what it takes for those institutions, whether it's the governor's office or MSU's admin or U of M's admin, or it never really happened, but the, like, you know, Detroit as a city or, or the suburbs or the state and acknowledging what's happening, um, and the failure that's happening in Detroit schools, um, what it takes for people to really start paying attention. And I don't think the elements are ever going to really align in this U of M case. I I think that there's going to be a steady stream of press about this and we'll learn more about it as it goes on. But the material facts of the case do not lend themselves to, you know, a huge um, news cycle. So um, 
I, uh, I, I understand how MSU fans might think that, you know, they were largely drugged through the mud. And I think we've all had conversations, right? Like you and I both, where people are attacking us for our MSU affiliation and the difficulty where like we are made to feel responsible for Larry Nasser or whatever. Um, that was awful and unfounded at the time, but it doesn't mean, I know it's a, it's a difficult next step, especially because there were so many Michigan fans that probably were involved in that rubbing of the nose in it. It doesn't mean that it's right for MSU fans to now go and turn and do that same thing. So I think we, I I'm, you're better at these, you know, monologues than I am, but I think it's important that we keep in mind the human tragedy of the event and how it is that societally we can move forward and how those victims can be made whole and, um, those, you know, next important steps. Um, anything you want to add to all of that? No, that was, that was all perfectly said. And, um, yeah, perfectly said. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think it's, it, it is incumbent upon us to, um, to be advocates for what we would like to see in the world. And, um, you know, as we said, when this news broke, we are, we're here for, our sort of, you know, brethren at the University of Michigan. We we may not like you in sports very much, but we genuinely had hoped that you would come out on the other side of this better than uh than we had done. And to your point, it does seem that the PR is going a little bit better, but the playbook at its core seems much the same. And you know, it all we can do is hope that it gets a little bit better. Um, because real people were real hurt and it, it, it doesn't do any good for us over here as Spartans to be upset that somehow we're keeping score on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no virtue in that. Um, and so, um, I, I don't think we meant to get sidetracked on this story about, about sort of coverage and not coverage, but it's a valid point. And, and us bringing it up isn't, to keep score it's i mean heck the first thing we talked about was our own school continuing to have culture issues surrounding sexual assault and um i i think we want that righted in our own house but more than or equal to that we don't want to see that anywhere else so um i i I, I hope the University of Michigan loses this argument. I hope that they feel both a moral responsibility and a legal responsibility to compensate the people who were who were hurt um, by one of their employees that they kept there for a very long time and apparently knew was mm-hmm. engaging this behavior. You should have to pay for that. The law should require you to have to pay for that. And, and I feel a lot of, um, maybe shame isn't the right word, 
but I feel a lot of pain that, that an institution I love did all of these things wrong. I mean, it's nowhere near the amount of pain of people who survived those tragedies, but like it, it is, it is ugly and it doesn't feel good. And sure. Am I personally responsible for it? Absolutely not. But I am a member of a community that is trying to make it better. And I would, I would suggest that if you're a Wolverine, um, you should feel some responsibility to try and make your community do the right thing too. Um, and again, that's not keeping score. That's just doing what's right. I don't know. I'm, I hope I'm not speaking for you out of place. Nope. We're good. Uh, do we want to transition to our real sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, let's do that now. All right. Before we get to our Twitter questions and of course, our entire segment inexplicably on Harry Potter. We have, we need to hear first from our second real sponsor. It's weird. We have two real sponsors, but here we are. Want to let you know that mortgage rates are at their lowest ever in history. And if you happen to be on the market to buy a home, or if you're paying 4% or higher on your current home, then it's maybe time to look at working with a mortgage loan originator to reduce your interest rate or looking to buy in that home with the best rates ever. Our friend Brandon Sands is uh, a mortgage loan originator who has closed over 10,000 loans in his career and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon is a consultative man. So he will sit down with you, examine your goals, examine your income, your credit, and then help pick the right product to finance or refinance your home. If you want to reach out to Brandon, you can reach him at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-S-A-N-Z. Rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Kevin, I'm starting to feel like I'm an actual podcaster. He's a, he's a consultative man, Michael. A, con- <laughs> a consultative man. And with that, we would like to welcome... A uh, a guest that we are beyond thrilled to have here, cherished um, guest, cherished guest, uh, <laughs> who I think this is maybe a reflection of the quarantine times. But Tara Stafford is joining us here to chat a little Harry Potter and answer your Twitter questions. Tara, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, fellas. That was quite an intro, by the way. I'm clutching my pearls over here. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only around. you knew the eight people who were really excited to hear that. Um, so but, Tara, you are mid Harry Potter right now. Is that yeah. correct? Like this is perfect for you, right? Yeah, this couldn't have come at a better time. I've been rewatching all the Harry Potter movies. So I'm up to the sixth one right now. So hopefully watching part one tonight. So we'll see if the seventh one. So yeah. But and you've also guess- read the source material as well, right? So you like have chops in yeah the Harry Potter a long universe. time ago to be fair so that's fine that's fine rusty but i'm here ready to do and I, I think before we we dive in we should also give tara a few more credentials because oh. it's dawning on me that while many of our listeners may know her as a real gem of msu twitter um a, a true super fan but um is also someone who has a background in msu media and so we'll be answering questions with more authority mm-hmm. and I would say zest than Kevin and I ever do. So yeah. um, let's talk some Hogwarts. 
With zest. Rub some zest on it. Do we start? So really, people care about MSU first and foremost, but then probably also they want to know what we're going to do with U of M. Do we save those to the end? Do we do the rest I, for first? Sure. Warm up well, to it? I, I think maybe we start, let's start, why don't we start with buy house, right? Like, <laughs> like let's start with, let's be honest, Hufflepuffs. It's a good thing that we uh, worked all this out in advance. Um, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's start with the Hufflepuffs. First, we should explain our methodology. So we actually went on Pottermore and we sorted MSU. We took on the persona of MSU and answered all of the questions. Then we went and we did research on what J.K. Rowling says are the characteristics of each house. And we basically determined where each one of them go. So. Start us off, Indiana University, Hufflepuff. Not just Hufflepuff, drunk Hufflepuff, I think. <laughs> Hufflepuff like, who makes the jungle juice. Yeah. Like, these are people, I don't know, have either of you been to Bloomington? I have not. I have not had the pleasure. Fantastic uh, college town. Absolutely lovely place. But I don't get the impression that there's a ton of studying going on there right now. So Ravenclaw's <laughs> out. They haven't accomplished enough to be either slytherin or gryffindor so you, sure. you're hufflepuff baby drink up head on down to <laughs> nicks sink the biz and hufflepuff up um i i, I, think, I think people will notice match. a theme about hufflepuff which is that you're not good enough to be any of the other houses that hurts guys that hurts that's a hufflepuff that hurts <laughs> uh, but like we still appreciate you i i go to bloomington you're still in hogwarts yeah you're there what What's up? Top four. Top four <laughs> Hogwarts houses. That's right. Um, so you, you want to jump to the next Hufflepuff then? Or do you do we want to do these in order that we have presented here? Because yeah, it makes sense to go to Purdue now. All right. Yeah, you're right. We're in the States. And, uh, and, and we landed on Purdue being Ravenclaw. And... Yes. Kevin or Tara, have either of you been to West Lafayette? Also, no. Uh, I drove through it. I spent an afternoon there, a very mediocre afternoon for a very mediocre college town. And I I think the point is that the only reason you would go to West Lafayette is if you're in search of knowledge. Yeah. There is no other reason to be there. If you want to go to the moon, that's like (laughs) it. It's the only reason. And Ravenclaw's um, a little weird, right? We can agree. They're, they're a little off. And let's be honest, uh, Purdue Pete, kind of a creep. Well, we'll get into that when we talk about mascots. But yeah, uh, I have a lot to say about Purdue Pete. <laughs> if I could choose a mascot to send to the moon, it might be Purdue Pete. So that's good. <laughs> we can... <laughs> Let's uh, let's head over a state then and talk about Illinois. Uh, what do we got here? Well, do you remember our approach to this? It's hard to give out Gryffindor and it's hard to give out Slytherin. So everyone's either a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff. Um, sure. As as a result of that, we figured Illinois is probably a Ravenclaw, but not like the first one you think of, even in their own state. So they're like assigned to the back back of the classroom, Ravenclaw. Like they're in the house, but like no one's excited about you 
Illinois being there. in Ravenclaw. Just there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's not even that much to say about Illinois and Ravenclaw. I think we can move on. I think we just nailed it. Um, all right. So we'll move to Iowa then. And, uh, we have our first major house here. It's Iowa is Gryffindor. Uh, first off, Tar, do you want to take issue with, with him saying first major house when we've already introduced a Hufflepuff and two Ravenclaws? (laughs) True. I do feel a little offended by that, but as a Hufflepuff, I won't be that upset about it. Your, your brand is on point. (laughs) <laughs> Do you want to explain, Tara, why Iowa might be a Gryffindor? Well, you guys have the nice little write-up here. Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, there's flyovers in each house, and there's no exception for Gryffindor. As a team that regularly finds itself as a preseason dark horse, it feels right that Iowa would be in this house. Consider Iowa the kid that tried out for Seeker but got cut for Harry Potter instead. Ooh. Yeah. Fellas. <laughs> That was a tough, tough one, but also true. Also fair. Yeah. I, I, I feel particularly bad about that because the one Iowa listener we have that I know of is currently recovering from COVID. So Aww. cheers to you, Jared. <laughs> Get well, Jared. Okay. Get well soon. Be well, my man. Uh, uh, thank you for your support of the podcast. And I'm really <laughs> sorry about what you just said about your old mater. <laughs> uh, Next up oh, is uh, program. I was very respected. It, it is. It is very respected, but you know, it's no Harry Potter. Um, Northwestern. I found Kevin. this to be the most obvious of them all. Yeah. yeah. Like if Northwestern is not a Ravenclaw, then what is a Ravenclaw or what is Northwestern? Like it speaks for itself. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't, it, it is the Ravenclawiest of them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, um, did Ravenclaws win anything in uh, the Harry Potter lore? Not to my knowledge. I don't um, there was a Gryffindor and a Hufflepuff in the, uh, in the cup, in the, in the, what's it called? Cup. Um, Wizard's cup. Didn't, Wizard's Cup didn't work out for the Hufflepuff in that one, but um, I'll never forget it. Yeah, that was tough. Cedric. I mean, let's pour one out for Cedric, our guy Cedric right now. Cheers. That was a tough tough one. Mm -hmm. Um, So damn handsome. Let's. Let's talk Wisconsin for a second here. I personally struggled. Yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah, we went from the easiest one to the hardest one here. So for those who may not know, Hufflepuff's animal is a badger. Wisconsin is the badger. But Hufflepuff is the most inclusive of the houses. And if you look at any Wisconsin team, you know they aren't screaming inclusion. So (laughs) that said, (laughs) I'm realizing we still didn't technically pick a house. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then it's got to be Slytherin, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, people describe Madison as a very liberal town. Mm-hmm. A fun town. So, in a fun have town. Have either of you been to Madison? Because I have I've, not. I have not, I've but I've heard really good things about it. Everyone says great things yeah. about Madison. I've never heard a bad thing about Madison. 
So I think that makes it a Hufflepuff. Okay. There All right. Go. Yeah. We'll Badger won at the end of the day. Perfect. This Minnesota. next is a tough one, but yeah, Tara, you, I think, maybe tipped the balance for us on this one. Yeah, Minnesota is a tough one to peg down, just like, you know, the others. But I said Gryffindor because the colors match up. And also PJ Fleck kind of has that that Gryffindor aura about him. That me, 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 I need to be the center of attention. Like the most annoying <laughs> dude on the planet. That's what yeah. you're referring to? A little bit of that, yeah. Row the boat. Ski you ma. Ski you ma. Yeah, what is the what is the relationship between those two things? Like, why does he have multiple things that he says? A ski ma's old. Oh, yeah, that's a Wisconsin. Like, oh, that's just like a an old Minnesota thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one. Girl, the boat is his own thing. This is life mantra. Yeah. Do you think he went to a Tony Robbins like seminar, and and came up with his own mantra there? <laughs> Tony Robbins grabbed him by his head with his big like Tony Robbins hand. It was just like, row the boat, PJ. <laughs> row the boat. Or I could see, uh, I could see PJ Fleck as someone who maybe, you know, skipped out on the recruiting trail one, one week early in his career, went to Burning Man, did a lot of mushrooms, Some came K-O. back with, yeah, yes, came back with row the boat. Rowed the boat all the way back to Northern Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> um let's uh let's move on to nebraska which the folks in iowa will tell you are called the bug eaters um it, this was another tough one but yeah and, but and if, you had a real opinion about it if you think about it nebraska is a clear gryffindor circa 1990 yes. like they're <laughs> they're not a gryffindor today they're a gryffindor from back when they were relevant a legacy so, of sort yes they're a legacy gryffindor they're the they're the like silver hairs in the gryffindor house um and they get really excited about quidditch matches from 25 to 35 years ago and no other uh era of quidditch match only <laughs> that era is what matters but so, they're really convinced to, next year they got this guy this guy's going to be their guy. Indeed, they're going to make a holiday for him. Uh, so, yeah. Maybe they'll be a Gryffindor again uh, someday, but it's it's not looking good for you right now, Nebraska. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Who do we got next? So we got, we got like a, a twofer, I think. You've got to compare, you've got to consider Rutgers and Maryland together, I think, because we in our collective Big Ten fandom, I think, group them in our yes. brains, right? So, Jonesy, what well, do we Tara, Tara, would you agree with that? I would agree. I kind of lump them together a lot, Rutgers and Maryland. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, I didn't mean to get you off your, your role there. No, no. So, um... <laughs> Tara, what do you what do you think for Rutgers? I think Hufflepuff is fair. You know, they're they're just trying they're just trying to be there, but you know, they're not super competitive in football, but we gotta respect Rutgers basketball. They helped us win a, a title. So we always <laughs> yes. Rutgers basketball. Big respect. I mean, that's the ultimate team thing, right? Is to help some other yeah. team win a championship. Perfect. Perfect Hufflepuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and they led to a splitting of championships indeed i mean they were there to share the wealth couldn't mm-hmm. have done it without them no okay. rutgers the hufflepuffiest of them all as it turns yes out. but that that leaves us with maryland yeah. we just don't know what to do with maryland because like just flip a coin. The, yeah the mediocrity of rutgers so overshadows maryland in I think all of our collective Big Ten consciousness that we, we don't know how to sort them. Like, do you know anything about the personality about the University of Maryland? I don't. No. It's a turtle. They have a turtle mask. <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah. Basketball's good. Kind fine. of. Basketball's They're, fine. They usually get like, some really good recruits, but then don't really win much. With them, so it's all like, that feels yeah. like a Ravenclaw thing. <laughs> I will say that feels like a Ravenclaw thing. Like, hey, we got good people this year, but you still managed to screw it up. Yeah, they're a good school too. Yeah, yeah, they they try at least. Yeah, you know, you got respect. We don't know, but we'll pencil you in for a Ravenclaw, maybe Maryland. I think the sorting is- hat goes on there and says, "I don't, I don't know. You could be Hufflepuff, you could be Ravenclaw. I don't really care." You're definitely not Gryffindor or Slytherin. That's what, no. that's what counts. This what yeah. I'm telling you right now. So with that, we need to move to Ohio State. Yeah, there are four left. Ohio State, Penn State, MSU, U of M. Ohio State is second easiest, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're obviously a Gryffindor. Like they cannot suck up enough oxygen in the room. Everything is yep. about them. And they're winning every damn Quidditch Cup. So yes. it's a clear Gryffindor there. I don't think it's even worth Not debating. Even yeah. um, they're so Gryffindor. They're convinced that their coach that was very, very good managed to be a giant screw up. That's how Gryffindor <laughs> they are. <laughs> so yes, slam dunk. Um, let's see. Yeah. Penn state. Uh, I would say maybe kind of a uh a not easy one right like uh very good school land grant institution yep um i mean let's be honest uh, fairly irrelevant in basketball for a long time and kept their coach despite being terrible which is kind of a hufflepuff thing to do um <laughs> Right, that he had a year this year. They were ranked. So yep. Where do they end? Well. Still so, managed to screw it up. Yeah, but well, we um, never, we'll never find out how the this year's Penn State basketball team would have played out because no, it was but a, I, it was a I, season I, taken from us. <laughs> All right, look, man, I don't need to cry right now. Yeah. I think the things to remember about Penn State are it is a huge university with a, a storied history. Tons of ambition, kind of edgy, and let's be honest, um, love those big boxy trophies. And who That's could... Slytherin, baby. Yeah. That's Slytherin right there. Sorry, Tara, you were saying? Oh, I just said I've actually been to Penn State for a game. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Does this fit? I think it fits. Yeah, they're... I got a, it was 2016. So as we know how that season went for MSU, it wasn't mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, I got. Penn State also loves the whiteout. 
a it's very true. Slytherin thing. We did, we did not get a whiteout game for that one, but no. <laughs> that's for sure. But, uh, you know, they did uh, jab me a little bit being an MSU person, but overall they were pretty nice people. But I think the jabbing fits with Slytherin, so especially because we were a 39 football team and they still talk trash to me, so. Yeah. Well, they'd had a hard previous year against us, that 2015 Penn yeah. State. I got in some uh, arguments with people about that in the stand. <laughs> they were not happy with us running up the score. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So that leaves the big two, I think. Uh, the main event. Michigan. Michigan. I don't know. Greg. I, this We struggled. We did. We went back and forth. Tara, what do you think? What does your gut tell you about Michigan for the sorting hat? So I would have been between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Yeah. Could be a Gryffindor too, though, because it's really me, 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 me. That's true. They they do kind of fit in those kind of houses. But I think I like your answer with what you guys put down. Yeah, Jonesy, where did we end up? So we ultimately decided that the University of Michigan is a Ravenclaw. They've got a lot of really good wizards that have come from that house. It's just been a while since they've been great. Um, and Ravenclaws are weird. Let's be honest. They're a mm-hmm. little weird. A little quirky. And quirky, yes. And I, I don't know that you get quirkier than Jim Harbaugh. He's an odd duck, man. If the Ravenclaw house animal were an odd duck, it would have been an easy thing. We would have just been like Michigan, Ravenclaw. Boom. I think we have to explore the various parts of what a Slytherin is, though. So there's in the books and in the movies, there's the obvious Nazi angle. Um, Sure. Take that and set it aside. (laughs) Because we can't be comparing any of the big 10 universities to Nazis. I I may have implied that one or two times, but thank you. (laughs) Uh, So then... So then what's left of uh, Slytherin? You've got the pride, you've got the ambition, you've got the like haughty nature of a Slytherin. Mm -hmm. You've got the, like the legacy format and the Mm -hmm. adherence to history. Mm -hmm. Those last few points are very Michigan. It's true. It's true. I mean, they're, I, I think they're borderline. Um, But again, I go back to Slytherins are a house that produces people who are in power. And again, it's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a real long time. Feels kind of like a Ravenclaw house. Ravenclaw it is. All right. right. Michigan State. MSU, the big one. This is the one that we actually sorted in Pottermore. So Jonesy, you want to walk us through what happened here? Well, you, yeah, we, we took the quiz. I mean, first question was forest or river. And that took some debate. MSU is known for their trees, has wooded areas, but ultimately we turned our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to the fight song. And it's on the banks of the Red Cedar, baby. (laughs) And from there, we answered questions in the best we could and realized that Pride, ambition, and cunning are the traits of Michigan State University. And we're full Slytherin, baby. Full Slytherin. 
The colors are green and, and silver, so that works too. Tara, what mm -hmm. do you think? MSU well, Slytherin? I definitely agree. And then also our coach has been frequently called a snake by not mad Colorado fans. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Totally good not angle. Mad. By very not mad. I want to emphasize that they're not mad. Not at all. <laughs> well, if our coach is a snake, that really fits with the Slytherin. I don't I love it. By the way, but still. And perfect. With that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think we should do the run the rundown. So MSU Slytherin, Michigan Ravenclaw, Indiana Drunk Hufflepuff, Purdue <laughs> Ravenclaw, Illinois Bad Ravenclaw, Iowa Gryffindor, Northwestern Arch Ravenclaw, Wisconsin <laughs> Hufflepuff, right? We ended up there. Minnesota, uh, yeah. Gryffindor, the same. Nebraska, 90s Gryffindor. Rutgers, Hufflepuff, Maryland. Who knows? Who knows of Maryland? <laughs> Ohio State, obvious Gryffindor, and Penn State Slytherin. So there's yeah. your Big Ten sorted vodka soda 19. And, and a great question that genuinely was a good segment. So, or at least I think we were okay with how it turned out. Um, Indeed. Yeah, that was a fun it was. Uh, with that, let's turn to our Twitter questions. And um, Tara's been generous enough to stick with us, hang out and answer them, uh, and is going to be this week's, assuming she's up for it, guest judge on the rankings oh, wow. for who has the best Twitter questions. You should really um, clear this with someone before you give them that much responsibility. I mean, yeah, I should have saying. asked her. If she doesn't, you know, then I'll do, I'll do it. But, you know, it's fine. Um, so with that, uh, let's turn to the questions and the first one up is CT and TC who normally rolls in like at second or third. Uh, he was, he was Johnny on the spot this week. First question. I I'm inclined to answer literally because it's just how many streaming services do you subscribe to? There's no question of which streaming services, but just a let's number. pretend. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's do number and what you do. Tara, what do you got? All right, I've got Netflix, obviously. Sure. Does Apple Music count? It does, yeah. Ooh, all right. So I've got Apple Music, and I think that's it. Two? Okay. Oh, wait, oh, I've got Plus, so three. That's it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Sorry, what was Great. the third one? Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Oh yeah, okay. But I have it for free, so. Yeah, so I'm I'm a member of a streaming consortium of which I contribute Amazon Prime, hmm. and then I benefit from several other streaming services. <laughs> so <laughs> the answer is technically one, um, but in effect, it's much greater than that. What about you, Jonesy? Uh, so we've got the Netflix. Uh, we have the prime, um, and we have the Disney plus, um, yeah. Cause you're a dad. That's like essential now. Right. I mean, yeah. And honestly, the Mandalorian was so good. You so might as good. well just pay for it forever. Cause the Mandalorian was so good. So it's, I mean, there's now. other, there's other stuff on there too. Like, uh, the rise of, uh, Skywalker is coming out, I think tomorrow. Yeah. But that movie um, was very mediocre. So. Look, I haven't seen it, man. Anyway, the point is, is those are my three. I also steal HBO Go from 
<laughs> a certain sponsor of ours, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, next up is, I love this question. Uh, <laughs> is the upper deck jerk guy the Jeremy Jam or the Mona Lisa Saperstein of the podcast? Uh, so these are uh, bit characters from the show Parks and Recreation, just for the uninitiated. Are you a, um, are you a Parks and Rec person, Tara? I love Parks and Rec. I'm actually rewatching that right now too. So again, this is right up your wheelhouse. Yeah. What What do you think? What's your gut Gotta on this? Be Jeremy Jam. Ooh. No question in my mind. Ooh. I'm he's also Lisa. such a diva. Yeah, he's such That's a diva. True. That's true. That's me, 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 me. <laughs> but I do love the Jeremy Jam. It, it is. I mean, he would take an opportunity to say that he jammed you. Jammed you. If, if, and if that's he, what he chose to do on Twitter as well, if, uh, if you look. Did you guys watch the uh, Parks and Rec COVID special? I didn't. I not yet, no. It's fantastic it's worth where can time. i find it yeah where? uh i think it's on uh i think it's on hulu and i think it's on nbc.com or something or i think the peacock's coming out later this year so it's out there it's available it's yeah, worth your time go watch it all right next up from ct and tc is most hated michigan basketball player ever this one. oh this one's easy um Bo wagner baby yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. fair. And he won a lot. I feel like that counts. And that face just looks like it's already yeah. been punched and you want to punch it again. Yeah. Just... And he was really good. So that also. I also didn't like Stauskas or Novak. So yeah. like. Novak a lot of, really annoying too. A lot of white basketball players. They are the 10. most hateable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, in Michigan, it's thing- had its fair share. And the thing about Wagner is that his game is not like I, I didn't find his game to be fun. I don't deny that he's good. Yeah. But like I didn't find him to be entertaining or enjoyable. Just efficient. It was it, yeah. it how Michigan to just be like numbers good. <laughs> so annoying. And he always like could go off the dribble against Nick Ward and make Nick Ward look really stupid. So I didn't like that. No. <laughs> Poor Nick no, Ward. Do not like. Do not like. So I think it's a consensus Mo Wagner over here. Yeah. Um last question is by from CT and TC, which if we didn't exp- if I didn't explain at the top, we limited everyone to four questions. You could ask <laughs> as many as you'd like, but we were only going to take your best four. CT's last question is, say we live in an alternate world where Izzo took the Hawks job way back in the day, and MS, the MSU coach is now, oh, Jesus, John Calipari. <laughs> Are you all in on the bag now? And I just want to explain for maybe our elder listeners, uh, the bag is a reference to dropping a bag filled with cash. Yeah, uh, I think they could have gotten that. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Tara, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm all in on the bag dropping always, so. <laughs> dropping that Mel Tucker bag. Yeah, the Brink truck. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Back it up. I love it. I I would say that there's some level of me that appreciates the way Izzo has built his program, and it makes me feel better than those programs which drop bags. Right. I mean, are you envious of Kansas? 
are you envious of Kentucky or do you think in some ways that we play a better game? I'm not envious of them, no. That's a very haughty and aloof take, Michael. It's a perfect Slytherin thing to say. That is very Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to Anthony. Let's move to Anthony Garvert, uh, who has themed his questions for us. Mm-hmm. Um, first question is best computer game to play when you are bored. Tara, what do you think? I've been playing a lot of Sims lately. I'm probably a bad person to ask for this kind of question, but I love I mean, I- that's a perfect answer, though, for this, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but this feels like a Grek question. I mean, the answer has been StarCraft 2 for me. But The Sims is also a really good computer game for when you're bored. So, or Animal Crossing. I know people are going Animal Crossing crazy right now. Yeah, I started that in quarantine, so. Is it good? Have you enjoyed it? I do enjoy it, yeah. But my island kind of sucks right now, so I'm trying to, I've got a lot of It's just like Farmville, but with animals. Oh my God, idiot. Yeah, it's a lot. You're basically. Is it a Tamagotchi? It's like you're given an island and you have to make it look nice. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, there's more to it than that. She's she's simplifying it for the audience and for you because you're an idiot. Um, All right. Next question is, what is your Mario Kart character and vehicle of choice? Um, this vehicle thing indicates to me that we are not talking N64 style. Because that was just one that was just cart. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there was there was cart. So I am get with it, old man. You got you got options now. You can hovercraft you can cart you can uh motorcycle um i'm a motorcycle with wario i think type of guy maybe some dry bones what do you guys think i'm not really a mario kart person i know that sounds really bad but these might be questions basically for me (laughs) i'm gonna answer as if he's talking about n64 and so i will say the cart and toad toad all day or dk okay good Uh, good options yeah, I guess TK, DK if someone steals Toad. Um, what is the best Pokemon starter of each type? Tara, I'm going to guess that you do not know Pokemon. Maybe you do. You are false. If not. I love Pokemon. Yes, Yay! there we go. Answer up. All right. So fire type, got to be Charmander because Charizard's the best. And then water type, I love Mudkip. I think Mudkip mm. is super cute. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for doing grass type, this one's harder because I never really choose a grass type, but I guess Bulbasaur because I'm partial to the older generations. Thank you. Bulbasaur. I think it's funny that I need to be respectful to this question because Tara's here, whereas ordinarily <laughs> I would have scoffed at this. Greg, Thank what, you. Do, what, do you disagree or agree? No, as long as Bulbasaur is there, I'm fine. All right. Um, <laughs> last question is favorite gaming system of all time. For me, it's probably Nintendo 64. What do you guys get? I do like my PS4, but I'm kind of new to the whole gaming systems, but I do yeah. like my PS4. So I'm probably. N64. We're, Greg, yeah. I feel like we're showing our age. Yeah, this is, a, this is another question where you can clock the, uh, the person answering based on uh, how they answer. Like, Switch is awesome, though. So I, I would like put that up there too. Uh, with that, let's move to the Jeremy Jam slash Mona Lisa Saperstein at night uh, of the podcast. <laughs> Upper deck jerk guy who wants to know 
was U of M Ann Arbor better off with Beeline? Uh, Tara, you got some thoughts? All right. Well, I I think it's I think we all can say that we respect Beeline tremendously. Mm-hmm. Like every MSU fan, I feel like can respect Beeline. But Beeline, he's known for player development, and he did such a good job. He wasn't really into recruiting the five stars and getting in all that kind of recruiting business. But he did do a lot of really great things at Michigan. I mean, Michigan, their program has just elevated so much from him being there. So it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to just say that they're better off without him because he took them there. And it's hard to say right now with Jawan. I mean, we didn't get to see him in March, so we don't really know a lot about him right now. But we do know he's going to recruit, and who knows if he'll get those guys. But I don't think it's really fair to say that, you know, they're better off right now. I think it's easy to speculate that Beeline, they would have been better off because he was um, legitimately a very good coach. And it's hard for anyone to live up to the legacy that he ended up having. So the odds that Jawan Howard will, I think, don't favor him. So it's pretty hard to be as good as Beeline. Yep. I mean, in some ways you could say now that he's gone. Yeah. Anytime you have a coach leaving that has that kind of legacy. Um, it's hard to expect the next coach to live up to it. I mean, I know we're this podcast is all on the Mel Tucker's kind of exciting, but mm-hmm. it you you want to hope you do have hope, but the odds are most coaches when you've got a really successful coach, it's a tough act to follow. Yep. So, um, with that with that, speaking of coaches not following. Let's talk about a coach who has followed in the footsteps of his successors. Predecessors. Or, predece- <laughs> yes, predecessors. Um, how much longer does khaki pants have if he can't beat OSU or deliver any championships? Tara, what's your over-under on Jim Harbaugh leaving or getting fired, or kind of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, um, from the University of Michigan Ann Arbor? Which is how he left San Francisco, by the way, we should point out. <laughs> yes. Well, I- I feel like if Harbaugh leaves, it's on his own accord. I think if he were to leave, it'd probably be for an NFL job. I don't really think Michigan would ever fire him. I don't know if, like, yeah. who would you get that's better, that you know is better? It's hard to kind of quantify that. Because um, Harbaugh, you know what you're getting with Harbaugh. Um, but, you know, he if you keep losing to Ohio State, that seat gets hotter. That's for sure. But um I, I think he's got a pretty i think he's got a pretty long leash yeah no i i, I also think there's too much egg on your face if you fire him mm-hmm. yeah i mean you shelled out all that cash i mean he was the shavier before the shavier and we're still waiting for him to get his guys in there <laughs> his quarterback. You're, you're, he hasn't gotten a quarterback yet. yeah and there's so much preseason hype every year i mean he's still selling tickets like yeah, I mean, he sure. makes a lot of money for that university. Yeah. And every now and again, he goes on a podcast and says some silly things, but... Oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, I, I honestly think that um, we are another five years of consistent losses to OSU for them to say we need to change things. And oh, even then, 
he could probably make a convincing argument that OSU simply has invested in ways that we they haven't. And, you know, he's got a boogeyman that he can always play off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, OSU is like putting together one of the best recruiting classes of all time right now. So yes. they're just on a Great. different planet. It's, it's hard to compare to them. Yeah. Um, with that, let's go to a question that I don't even know what he's asking. How is CMT <laughs> doing it? What's going on with CMT? <laughs> I decided to keep this one. We had options. We could have gotten rid of this question. I decided leave it to uh, the interpretation. So Tara, how is CMT doing it? Let us know. Coach Mel Tucker. So he's doing it on the Twitter. That is what he is doing it. Yeah. Relentless. I think that's. Yeah. <laughs> I read that purely as country music television. <laughs> Really? I, yeah, I, I read I'm that. I'm going to look up something on the podcast. I don't think that exists anymore, by the way. I think it does. Oh, it does. It's out there. They did a thing. I, I think I saw they, they were doing some thing. Like, I think Fox did, um, Fox or Fox News did some thing with a whole bunch of country stars that was presented in conjunction with CMT, which is why I was like, is that what he's talking about? Yeah. But all right. Coach Mel Tucker doing it? make more sense i don't i don't know what doing it is referring to doing I, I think he's doing it with the assistance of someone who's very good on twitter because yep. i think he's good but i don't think he's that good at twitter i think he's got someone who's savvy running his twitter account he he definitely um, has a marketing person that's been helping him that's for sure yeah team that um i think the the question that's given me the most dread so far is this <laughs> <laughs> estimate how many beers you've had in the last eight weeks it's it's a lot my alcohol consumption i think has ticked up a little bit from normal circumstances uh what about you guys yeah i've definitely had more than i normally would because i just i'm furloughed right now so mm-hmm. yeah definitely a lot I- more i'm not sure how many but definitely more than usual and I would say, even though I am a pretty regular drinker, I am not necessarily a like regular beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beer consumption has gone up because that feels more afternoon appropriate. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but solid, <laughs> solid for, we've already we've already laid out the groundwork here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that let's leave the upper deck jerk guy behind and head to Kyle Lisk, who asks one question. What's the most drastic thing you do for a Klondike bar? Uh, right now with no ice cream in the house. I mean, it'd be filthy, just like whatever it takes. Um, I mean, I think isn't a pretty drastic thing. I would go to the grocery store with a mask and gloves on. (laughs) (laughs) That's taking your life in your own hands right now. (laughs) Tara, are you a Klondike bar person? I was going to say, I don't think I would do anything that drastic for a Klondike bar. No. No. You guys, apparently not hard up for Klondike bars in the way that I am right now. Well, we will leave one ice cream. What's that, Tara? I said, you guys go ahead, though. (laughs) Go do some drastic things. (laughs) Uh, Let's leave one ice cream question for another and move on to John Hubbard, who first asks... You were asked about your favorite ice cream flavor by the real upper deck jerk guy and failed to mention anything from the MSU dairy store. Did you even go to MSU? We've been found out, Jonesy. 
Shut it down. We've been found Shut it out. Down. The pod's over. I don't know how he did it, but he found us out. That's it. The jig is up. Mm. <laughs> um, Burn all the have, evidence. Do you have fond dairy store memories? I think you're supposed to. I spent enough time at the dairy store. I love me some sesquicentennial, sesquicentennial swirl. I love me some D'Antonio double fudge or double double fake fudge. Is that what it is? Not sure um, fake. Nailed it. Most of my memories of the dairy store are waiting in line, though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but um, when I want to go to the dairy store, it seems that everyone else on the planet also wants to go to the dairy <laughs> store at that same time. And uh, I get to stand in line for 20 minutes to eat ice cream for 10 is what it seems to be. But it's so good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's fantastic. Um. Next question from John Hubbard asks, uh, we've all seen the metrics in Spida Neely, but how about the Twitter game? Um, to which we've got a clip here, uh, a little video or a little, uh, little picture with um, someone replying, I believe, to him saying, tell us how you really feel about that team in Ann Arbor, to which he responds, what team in Ann Arbor never heard of them? I, I will just also add Gabe Neely, Gabe Spida Neely, is legitimately awesome on Twitter. I love him. He's great. He kind of so much swagger. Snow, kind of like yeah. Really loved MSU, and has been so. I'm, he's gonna lead this class. He's gonna bring guys here, and hopefully he does. Anyways, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about the secondary that we're gonna have in yeah. a year or two. Like these guys seem to be really great athletes and. Um, also sign. really great leaders. No one under six foot right now that's committed. <laughs> um, I will not fight, be man. making the football team. <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm going to cry. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> next question is if football is indeed canceled this year, are you going to say we're a PG 13 podcast? Screw it. And tailgate anyway. <laughs> Uh, the answer is yes. Let's go. There's going to be a can't read, can't write tailgate. Uh, everyone's invited and, uh, you know, comrade Whitmer be damned. That's what I say. (laughs) I may be in Michigan in September anyway. Perfect. Perfect. You know what? We'll invite Greg. Yeah, we'll, we'll invite, uh, we'll bring Gretchen over. Mm -hmm. Big Gretch. Big Gretch. Big grad. Did you see this, Jonesy? She's uh she's got a song now. Yeah. Well, did you see that she um uh gifted Cicely Strong uh, a bunch of Bell's uh, paraphernalia? I did. She yeah. has really good taste in beer, by the way. Uh-huh. Rachel Whitmer. Uh-huh. Fantastic taste. Um but yeah, uh Tara, what did, do you want to explain Big Gretch to the audience? Yeah, it was like, was it a Detroit rapper? Or yeah, yeah, some Detroit rapper uh, made a song for her and called her Big Gretch. And uh, which in in two years, I'm going to take that as my personal anthem because people <laughs> frequently... still find it. It's a it's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But Big Grek is going to pretend like the song was for him. And it's just <laughs> a, a, a unique pronunciation of his name. And the most frequent pronunciation from people. <laughs> attempting it for the first time 
So, all right. Last question from John Hubbard is what mundane but routine chore leaves you feeling exalted, like you have accomplished a great feat, e.g., couldn't say for example, e.g., how I feel as though I rule as a suzerain over my neighborhood after mowing the lawn, gripping my high life as though a scepter. John, we want to congratulate you on finding a thesaurus and making our lives more difficult. Kevin, you got a chore like that? Uh, No, I don't. Uh, I can't motivate myself in that way. Basically, self-loathing is what gets me to do chores. What about you? You sure that figuring out different ways to record the podcast and eventually having it work well? I think it works perfectly every time (laughs) without fail. Never had a problem. Big if true. All right. Moving on to Sawyer like Tom. Uh, We had a whole bit about John, like Edward 40 hands, but like two things on top of each other. Do you think when John grips his high life, do you think it is a like a 32 ouncer? Yeah, of course. Of course. John. Or tall boys. Tall boys type together. The tallest of boys. boys. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be a tall boy. All right. So you're like Tom. Rank the Big Ten mascots uh, costumes from best to worst, obviously excluding Sparty because we all know he's the best by far. I would like to just kick this off by saying if no one has seen the video of uh, Brutus, the Buckeye, getting decked by, I believe, the Ohio University mascot, (laughs) it is fantastic. It is truly a treasure. Oh, you've got to – like, this was a legit hit too. Like Brutus is running out from the tunnel and the, I don't even care or know what the mascot is for Ohio university, but he just, he makes an executive decision and he straight up tackles Brutus. It's fantastic. I kind of love mascot on mascot violence. So I, it's the only kind of violence I can get behind. <laughs> it has to be said. Okay. Are we All right. ready to find these? Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Obviously Sparty number one by far sure. away, but we're not allowed to put him number one, but he's number one. Um, I think Brutus is pretty cool. Yeah. So after all of that getting decked talk, he's I, number two, as it turns out. Yeah, he's still number two. I think okay. he's pretty cool. Um, and he, he makes sense. You know, he's in that. Um, and then the Badger's fine, I guess. A lot sure. of well, very fine mascots. They're not great. But. Badger or Gopher? Which do you like better? I, I feel like, like Goldie the above better. the Goldie Badger. Goldie doesn't do anything for me. Well, so I feel like Penn State's mascot, Penn State's is Minnesota, awful. and Wisconsin are all kind of the same thing, like a We're loosely Penn draped State costume State. that you got at like a used Northwestern you know, and Penn State are at the bottom for me, along with Rutgers. Yeah, Penn Wait. State is very different from Minnesota and and Wisconsin. By the way, yeah. well, though, you're a isn't fool it, if you think that they belong bad. in the same category. Isn't it clear that the worst mascot is the team that does not have a mascot? Yes, yeah. of course. Okay. So there's three teams without a mascot. Illinois, and they are. Indiana, and Indiana. Well, in fairness to Illinois, they don't have a mascot because, yeah, because they is. realized that their mascot was super <laughs> racist. So we we don't put them at the very bottom. At least Right, so progress? Question mark? So where right. we are where are we at on the Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers Nebraska mascots, the bad. new additions? Nebraska's is bad, but very on brand for them. Just yeah. with a hat. Perfect way of saying it. 
Yes. Um, Iowa does nothing for me. He's just yeah. I think the Maryland one's fine too. He's just a turtle, so, but not very intimidating. None of them are very intimidating. Northwestern's is bad. Northwestern's is terrible. We got to talk about the most intimidating of them all, and it's Pete. Sparty, obviously, but Pete, but not intimidating in a good way. More no. of a like make children cry sort of way. <laughs> yeah, Tara, I know you had some thoughts about Pete. Pete is terrifying. Okay, if you just look, I don't understand what the process was for his face. Like his <laughs> eyes, they glare into your soul. And I look at the Nebraska mascot, him and Pete. Like they hate each other. They have to hate each other. <laughs> like Pete. Yeah. It's Pete's Pete, like. It's awful. Pete is the, the, like, if, if mascots had a yearbook and one of the mascots ended up being a serial killer, they would, it would, Pete would be that guy lurking in the background of all of the pictures, just sort of like (laughs) staring while other people were having fun and being cool. He has seen things too. I mean, he lives in West (laughs) Lafayette. He has like seen a lot. He's seen a lot of hurt. What a real hurt, a lot of real life. Really hurt. I mean, he's watched his basketball team lose a lot of recruits to Michigan State, and clearly Mm -hmm. he hasn't slept since. So, someday I'll have to share my West Lafayette train story. I took a train from Bloomington to Indianapolis, and it went stopped in West Lafayette. (laughs) And why? (laughs) It um. It is interesting. So in, in the deepest depths of the summer, I'll share that story. Um, so I, that one. I, I, I do think, though, it sounds like we've got at the bottom mm-hmm. Michigan because they don't have a mascot. Of course. Yeah. And because they're Michigan. Uh, I mean, are Pete and the Cornhusker near the bottom? Yes. Or do we weirdly respect their game? Mm. They're like middle bottom. Middle bottom. There's like a, there's like, <laughs> there's like a bottom. Sort of, be, like a, you know. sort of like power bottom. Middle bottom. Yeah. <laughs> They're not quite a power bottom though. They're like <laughs> middle bottom. <laughs> and and we're, we're Greg over there. It's just taking too much joy in that. Are we, uh, are I mean, we if anyone we, would know, it'd be you. It'd be pretty Pete actually, but, um, would we are we putting the animal mascot sort of is there an animal mascot that we like the most? Mm-hmm. I think it's the I terrapin. The badger. I think the badger and the terrapin are cool. Or the Goldie. I don't know. It's not Goldie does not rest strong. Goldie. He's got weird legs. There's he's like he's just weird. Yeah, Goldie I respect is just Goldie. like a hairy football player with Goldie, a gopher yeah, head Goldie on top. Goldie wears like the uniform. It's just kind of weird to me. Yeah. I, I mean, your own thing, Goldie. Come on. How about a sweater? Yeah. Like a badger. Yeah. Like, (laughs) is it, is it he at like women's volleyball games and he's still wearing the football uniform? Like do better, Goldie. Yeah. I I would respect Goldie more if he showed up in the uniform that is appropriate for the sport. So he's definitely like (laughs) rocking spandex shorts at a volleyball game. No, that would put him upper tier for me if he did that. Oh yeah! All right. Yeah, a little, also, like... We have to look at Rutgers too, who's just like the drunk uncle of Sparty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. He's just like Sparty's drunk uncle. He's just there. He's like the weird. He's the uncle who's like, 
you could be doing better at a different school, you know. If you transferred to a mid-major, you'd be making <laughs> so much money right now. Did you know that we created football? <laughs> First, <laughs> uh, Sawyer, like Tom, I don't know that we actually ranked them, but that no, was a fun Kind question. of a jumble of they all are kind of meh. She I mean, got it, the gist of it. Yeah. Um, next question on theme, which Big Ten mascot would you win or would win in a fight? Not the costume person, but the literal Wolverine, Buckeye, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to repoint out Brutus getting decked, but I understand that that's not the question. Um, um, yeah, so a Buckeye would be um, something that falls loser. out of a tree, yeah, so they're not winning. No chance. Um, no. The animals are going to have a hard time. Um, you know who else because... got asked this question, by the way? What's that? Y- you know whose question this was? Yeah, sorry, like Tom. No, no, no. Um, what's his face? Uh, God, why is his name escaping me? Washington State University now at um, Mississippi State. Oh, Mike Leach. Yeah, Mike Leach got oh, this ask, asked Leach. this very question about Big 12 mascots and went on. I mean, he started examining what are, are the supernatural powers of the sun devil. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> is the Trojan on a horse? I mean, it, it was. I, mean, I do have a lot of questions for this. <laughs> Well, can we, isn't it clear that Sparty wins? I mean, Sparty would win, but then you think of Rutgers, like they are Rutgers, but it's a night. So if it's a, if it's a Rutgers night, he has no chance. But if it's just talking strictly a night, probably do pretty well. Yeah. I think and, the real question is who is the commander of that night? That's uh, true. Like, exactly. um, because if it's, um, if it's uh, Rutgers, he has no chance. He didn't. He forgot his sword at home, so he's yeah. yeah he's if, not armed. Yeah. <laughs> if it's Steve Pekiel or is it Pekiel? Is that how you pronounce Pichel? his last name? Michael. Thank you. Yep. He um he's only gonna win if the fight is on home turf. Otherwise, he's, if it's he's, on the road, he's a defensive boy. Yeah. 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 And if and if you look, them, but he'll be able to to withstand anything. Purdue Pete in the eye, it's clear that like he's willing to do whatever. Like he there's he no soul fun. there. He, he has no value it. for human life. He'll do whatever with that sledgehammer to win. That sledgehammer so, take out most of the animal mascots. Yeah. <laughs> Purdue Pete is a is a character from It's Always Sunny. Um, like literally <laughs> willing to do anything to survive. When one of the mascots is a sociopath, I think you have to give them the edge, whether you like it or not. All right, so I'm not happy that Purdue Pete is going to be my pick for this. When you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I just think that he's washed off that sledgehammer once or twice before, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and he kept the same stoic face the entire time he was doing it in his mom's basements. Oh, he definitely did. uh, Utility sink. (laughs) all right let's move on to the next question uh do you ever feel bad for how much pressure the recruitment process puts on 17 to 18 year old kids what do we got here tara what do you feel i do feel bad for them especially when you see some of the things people tweet at them you're Mm -hmm. like you're like why it's an 18 year old like why Mm -hmm. do you care so much with where they go to school. I mean, when you think of it that way, they're, they're just a kid. Like people put way too much into that whole thing. But now that 
Tucker's got us more into recruiting. I'm seeing way too much of it. So I do kind of hate that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's the ugly side of the enthusiasm that he brings, right? Yeah. I have to pay attention to it now and some of it's not so great. Yeah. I I think the worst of it is AAU actually. And like how much of your life is changed if you're a high end basketball player, like some of these guys like basically stop going to school and they just do basketball full time and it's messed up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some of those situations. So yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's super ugly. I mean, we like to joke about underage kids here because the, or rather I do, I won't speak for Greg, but like it's, it's super messed up the amount of investment that fans get in, I mean, like, think about all of the hype that Amani Bates gets for MSU. And don't get me wrong, I'd love him to come. But, like, he's – is he 16 yet? Yeah, he's, like, in there, 16, something like that. Maybe I mean, 15. that's weird. He's, like, already viewed as a savior. And it's like, let the kid just – Be a kid. Yeah, let him – I mean, yeah, it's – Yeah. So it's gross. I, you know, um, I get really excited for people who join MSU because we had a great experience at MSU. Um, I don't, you know, I, I I don't care for people who bad mouth or belittle kids based on what their offer sheet was. I I know that was happening with D'Antonio's last class. Like, why don't we all just remember that this is a kid who chose to go to MSU. And if it was just a kid down the street who was just going for school, we'd be thrilled for them Mm -hmm. and just celebrate everyone making a life choice. That's right for them. Um, Do you know what Mike Jones athletic offer ship offer sheet was coming out of high school? Not good. Not good. (laughs) Not good. Doesn't qualify for the Mel Tucker recruiting standard. We'll just keep it at that. Uh, I will say I had zero offers, but I chose MSU. (laughs) Um, All right. Last question from Sawyer Like Tom is, do you use music to help you concentrate slash get through a mundane task? If so, what kind? I use podcasts. I don't know if I necessarily use music all the time, but I do like to listen to podcasts. I'm not saying your podcast, though, for mundane tasks. Yeah, because you (laughs) need to fully concentrate to to get through this. Can't read, can't write. (laughs) um i will listen to music um because i can't i actually can't listen to a podcast and do work um because like i can't read and also try and pay attention to what somebody's saying Mm -hmm. um so i don't i mean i don't know It, it varies uh what i will listen to um i don't i don't have a particular type of music not country greg how about you uh, I don't know. Uh, it has to be something I've heard a bunch of times before. It has to be like a well-worn yeah. playlist. Otherwise it's distracting. So, uh, yeah, occasionally. Well, let's head to last month's power ranking winner, Raymond chains. Yeah. I mean, we never, we did it on Twitter, but we never formally announced podcast side. Raymond won true. last month. It's true. A big victory. Um, Raymond chains put in a pretty steady performance. And um, excited to see how he does this month. And mm-hmm. starting off with a real, real strong question. 
if you want to clear the room of humanity, what's the best, possibly strangest thing you can say? Purdue Pete's in the room. Purdue Pete's in the room. <laughs> That's effective. That'll work for uh, me. Um, I would say, hi, you can call me the upper deck jerk guy. And I like to watch video clips of underage boys on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it too. That'll work. <laughs> yeah, that'll do, that'll do the trick. Yep. Um, or the room will be filled with police either way. Uh, it's a win. Uh, next question is how much weight do you put into recruitment rankings? Tara, what are your thoughts here? I, I mean, right now I feel like a lot of people are really into ranking them and we're what it's, uh, May 4th and a lot of people (laughs) are really into ranking them right now and it's months away from signing day. So I don't really see a whole point in, you know, doing this whole like, Average recruit rankings were actually this and da 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 da. It's just kind of exhausting, and people just kind of use it to make their rival look bad either way. So I don't really look into it that much right now. I mean, after signing day, because you know these guys haven't played their senior seasons yet, so a lot is going and to- may not get to exactly. And so you know, it doesn't. I don't really put that much into recruiting rankings, but. Maybe with Tucker here, I might pay a little bit more attention than I normally would, but I don't put a lot of weight into them right now. Yeah. Yep. I, mean, I think it's hard to when you had D'Antonio as a coach and outperformed his recruiting rankings. Right. Player I mean, that's what's important. It's bringing guys in that fit your system. And we don't really know what Tucker's system is right now. No. So it's kind of hard to evaluate. We do see that he's recruiting a lot more size. So which is exciting. That is very exciting. We do like that. Um, next up, if we watch the D'Antonio cam this week, would we see him up at 3 a.m. drinking shots of Slivovitz, which Ooh. is plum brandy for those who don't know, while listening to <laughs> Tub Thumper by Chumbawamba? And Kevin, I think we need to give the people a little taste of Tub Thumper. As if there's not going to be enough editing already on this podcast. <laughs> We've got to get Tub Thumper in there now, too. Whose problem is that? Uh, I will rise to the occasion. Uh, I mean, Raymond, oh, this is oddly specific, my friend. <laughs> he also says very possibly uh, watching a recording of the Cotton Bowl victory. I mean, I feel some Tub Thumper in my in my being at the end of that Cotton Bowl victory. So um, I can relate. Uh, and Mark, you know, if you're out there tub thumping at 3 a.m. with plum whiskey or plum wine, what did you say it was? Plum brandy. Plum brandy. Good good for you, man. Good for you. And Get I down. think we all know that he's listening to Can't Read, Can't Write, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But this is oh. at 3 a.m. after after that, after he's hype from Twitter questions. <laughs> uh, last question from Raymond Chains is, did Harbaugh make the comment – uh, because he wanted to be a figure in the culture war. Uh, Tari, you 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 heard uh, old Jim's uh, uh, podcasting foray. Yes, I did. <laughs> if you were invited on the National Review podcast, would you have accepted that invitation? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> no, I think he just got talking. I, yeah. yeah, I think if he could do it over again, he wouldn't have said any of that. Yeah. And and that's not to take away from his, I'm sure. His personal mm-hmm. belief, but football coaches kind of tend to avoid that. Yeah. Um, 
as Mel Tucker liked to say, not in my lane. Exactly. So they don't want to ever be that controversial. They kind of just they're football guys. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying that it's, that they shouldn't have opinions. Um, and as we said earlier, I don't think the shut up and play crowd is healthy when it's people Mm -hmm. expressing dissent about how, um, minorities are treated in the country. I don't think we should tell them to shut up and play. And so Harbaugh's allowed to have his opinions. I just, I don't think he would have done it if he could do it over again. I agree. Um, Brandon list is up next. Uh, uh, Oh, you didn't include the picture here, Greg. Mm. Um, But first asks collegiate athletes around the country are stuck at home without facilities, training and nutrition. If and when football happens again, are we headed toward a season full of injuries? As long as everyone's equally out of shape, (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) Well, so I was reading, um, I can't, I can't remember his first name. Is it Kevin Novak, the new strength and conditioning guy? Something Novak. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so he was saying that, you know, like if you're, you know, benching, 300 pounds or benching 30 pounds, 10 times, the volume is the same. And weirdly, I mean, he would know obviously way more about this than I would, but the volume training may end up helping in some ways. Hmm. It just may lead to a less explosive season. I mean, these guys are still fantastic athletes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the volume training may help with some of the injuries. I don't know. Um, but obviously he knows a lot more about working out and would prefer that they were doing some heavier lifting. So, yeah, it's, it's um, definitely a challenge though. Cause you've got, you know, players in all parts of the world country and, you know, everyone has different access to things right now. Some places may be more open than others. Like, yeah, I and they can't even monitor their, yeah. their workouts. So I'm sure, especially with him being new, I'm sure he's, you know, got a lot of work. Yeah. Do you think they're asking guys to post their workouts on social media though? So they could go through the back channels and be like, okay, push over more tire stacks. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you know, yank that chain across the yard hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, that was really great. You were flipping that tire. You know, it'd be really impressive. 20 more reps of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, last question is from Brandon list who says, uh, sounds like I got some ears and hair wrong. Is this an improvement for those who didn't see last week? Brandon had submitted a proposed new podcast logo, which was frankly awesome. Um, yep. and this week, uh, modified it so that uh, we're just both wearing Spartan helmets Indeed. and still awesome. So yep. more on that in the future. Fantastic yeah. job. We actually have two more questions from Nate C that were late ads. Um, the first one, uh, uh, Mike, have you come close to losing a body part? <laughs> and if you could choose between a finger or a toe, which would you choose and why? Uh, to my knowledge, I have not come close to losing a body part. I have <laughs> had a bowling ball fall on a finger and I've cut a finger pretty good with a pocket knife. 
but I'm Did, going toe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Also, Obviously. Were you whittling or something? Like how did this injury happen with the pocket knife? Yeah. Um, I was a dumb kid. I think I might've been like eight and I was sitting in the car. We were leaving from going from being camping and somehow I think the knife might've closed on it or something. I don't really remember. It was, it was a dumb shouldn't have had a knife injury. Were you one of those really cool guys that would like carry a pocket knife and like show it off and be like, Hey, look, I have, I am currently one of those guys. (laughs) I carry a knife every day. Um, but no, that was me just being like a dumb eight year old who had just gotten his first pocket knife and not like a good one. Like one of the ones you get in boy scouts. Oh boy. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Tara, you, you got an opinion on losing a body part? It would have to be a toe, but I've never come close to losing a body part. But if I had to pick, it'd be a toe. All right. Yeah. Toe's the consensus, it sounds like. Because you don't see it as much. I like my hands. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, last question is at On Spartans podcast, which I can't believe we had to mention a rival podcast here, um, <laughs> have been considering temporarily changing uh have have we considered temporarily changing our name to locked down spartans podcast so did wait did he i grabbed this while we were recording so he did okay so while we already have a at on spartans podcast have you considered temporarily changing your podcast name to lockdown spartans podcast that's my bad it's a bad copy paste should we the the crux of nate c's question is should we consider changing our name to some kind of um play on COVID-19 and the whole country being locked down is there something we can do like can't go outside can't hang out with our loved ones or something like that (laughs) I mean I think the idea that we would do a play on a name from an inferior podcast sorry um, shots (laughs) shots fired uh to uh to make it a quarantine joke? No. Let them change their name to be a reflection of being locked down and can't read, can't write. Bam. Indeed. There it is. Boom. Uh, well, with that, folks, it has been another awesome episode. We cannot say thank you enough to Tara for joining us and indulging the nonsense of the, your questions and the Hogwarts houses. Tara, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I had fun. Awesome, and uh, go green. Go white. Go white. I get no. Dead.